welcome back to the Dusty Road. We're here to discuss Dell and Cindy and Melissa today. I'm sure this incident will be recorded on the police blotter for the county sheriff. Not something I wish to tell you about, but sometimes the families do not have a happy ending. And we have to record that whether it be a coyote or a demon or someone else is responsible for this, a lot of times it's just the humans, or is it? That's the good question here. Was this the result of demonic activity or due to human negligence? And what we have is, at the start, Cindy had been driving back to the big city to see a friend of hers. As we talked about in the Eagles song, Lion Eyes. Of course, she's not entirely guilty on this matter, given that Dell and Cindy had been divorced for some time, and she just recently moved back to Dell's house. Couldn't be ex accepted that Cindy might have another lover. I think she was entitled to it. But how do you justify that when you're living with your ex-husband? So we have to consider that Cindy did have a little secret she was hiding from Dell, and of course she wondered how things ever got this crazy and for some reason she was unable to make a clean break it could be something to do with her daughter who she wanted to provide a stable house it could be something to do with money which we know nobody on the dusty road has significant money except for Ross Tiller he may have some and we could always just blame the road itself, but I'm sure the road would say, not my fault, I didn't do this. There is an invisible hand that keeps drawing people back to the dusty road, in some cases not allowing them to leave. I have to figure out, let's see. I have figured out exactly how this happened and what we would tell the police about it. You know, something bad happened here, so we're going to get on with the business of it. What happened was a new creature has appeared on the dusty road. This one happens to be of the small black plastic boots, faded denim, big butt, and big chest variety. If it had the red hair, or at least horns, you could classify it as a demon, but... There was nothing to really mark it as a demon, other than it just seemed much more attractive than anyone else could be in the village, and seemed to get the attention of all the men on the road. Now, we noted that even old Jimmy, the ghost farmer, had come out and looked at her, and even Ross and Henry were known to come out and take a look, but didn't seem to get the woman's attention. Instead, what we have is when Dell came out to look and see who was walking up and down the road, it wasn't just staring at a stranger. For some reason, the woman turned and looked straight at Dell and beckoned to him. Come out here and join me. From that moment on, I don't think Dell had any choice in the matter. You could argue that people choose whether or not 
they want to have an affair, choose whether or not they believe it, but in this case you can call it magnetism, maybe it was pheromones, magic even plays a part in it, but as with the dog we saw on Lake Road, Dell had no choice. When you spend your entire life on the dusty road, what can you do about it? That's the only defense I'll offer to him. And he has not offered much defense to himself. What we have is, we found out Dell had an ex-girlfriend in the past that cheated him pretty badly and kind of aided his road to alcoholism. We also know that the real McCoy, the guy who's been running rum and moonshining on the road here, was also supplying Dell, getting some extra money that way and leading Dell back into alcoholism and weakness. That left him vulnerable to anybody's influence. What the parallel was, this strange woman just happened to know exactly what Cindy was up to and supplied this truth to Dell in a very inhumane and indelicate way. There was some nasty names called. Cindy was called a promiscuous woman when she's not really. I would say she had one or two loves, certainly not ten of them. But that's what Dell heard. And for this, it brought back parallels of the ex-girlfriend, the one that Dell got angry about so often and couldn't understand that. But it was a tough time for Dell, especially when he doesn't have the wits to understand what he's being told. And it just so happened that this extra-attractive woman with the little black boots happened to be kissing and making out with Dell at the same time, promising him all sorts of love life. And as you know, a thing that's too good to be true often is. It's not true at all. So you have to understand that. Dell never saw this coming couldn't understand what was being offered to him. First, she got Dell's confidence and convinced him she was telling the truth honestly. Second, she had a few goals involving petty crime or shoplifting or something she wanted Dell to get into, just to warm him up a bit. And just like any confidence man, the strange woman was able to get Dell to do her bidding quite easily. Eventually, Dell could not help but see the ex-girlfriend's face where he should have seen Cindy. And that started up a round of arguments and shouting at the Clark household. About this time, the day started winding by faster and faster. We saw a number of light bulbs bust and shatter glass all over the place and the clock radio quit entirely. Occasionally we would see Lila come by 
and tried to talk to Dell and warn him about what was going on in the village. But it did not solve anything. For some reason, Dell was unable to see the reason and unable to see the ghost. Eventually, Lila warned Cindy, please leave. Just get out of the house and go. But Cindy is very devoted to her daughter, and she knew her money problems. Perhaps she could not leave. So at the very end of it, Lila turned to young Melissa, the 14-year-old, and pulled her up by her hands and said, leave the house now. She took her to the front door and led Melissa across the gravel drive over to her new neighbor's house where she can go stay with Dawn and talk to her. That'll be a good conversation for later. And it's at that point we heard the argument start very much and Dawn's mom got concerned about it. She wanted to get involved. But Dawn's mom was unable to get into the house. What did happen was Dawn's mom called the county sheriff and invited him over to stop the scene. Maybe there was a police report of domestic violence. I'm not sure what the police got the truth of this, but it could have been something they could have stopped if they were able to get inside. Instead of just being a mechanical lock, it seemed like something was welding the door shut. Maybe it had something to do with the, the black-booted woman's influence. Anyway, we heard the woman saying a few unkind words to Dell and talking about how that was his ex-girlfriend back to threaten him and how he should deal with this problem right now and telling him to take action. I don't think that was ever true. It was not somebody else and Dell never saw the difference. He actually believed it was his ex-girlfriend acting up and causing problems. So we had no choice at this point. It's a common theme here on the road. What we do know is that Dell was able to pick up a knife and approach his wife. He proceeded to take a strike at her head, her neck, and then hit her in the chest repeatedly, stabbing her. Dell shouted out the wrong name when he was doing this, leaving Cindy not only terrified but confused. I wish Cindy had a chance to testify about this in public, but there was no chance of that. And all the time the stabbing was going on, repeated strikes, the black-booted woman was telling Dell, hit her again, hit her again, stab her, do it. And Dell just obeyed every time. Melissa never saw any of this. She was in her friend's house, apparently shivering, wondering what was going on. Lila was with Melissa the whole time, trying to keep her safe. And about the time Cindy went unconscious and then let out a primal scream begging for help, 
Dell hit her in the face and knocked her over one last time. It is said that Dell told police he heard a maniacal laughter, some kind of cackling at this time. And he couldn't understand why the jackbooted woman was saying that, why she was laughing like that. But when he looked back at the person he had killed, Dale saw Cindy's face and not his ex-girlfriend's. He was very much frightened and ashamed of what he had done. And it is said in the police report that instead of fighting or denying his guilt, Dale began crying. He stood up, walked straight out the now open door, and sat next to the police car blubbering. When the police asked him what was going on, what he had done, he gave a precise blow-by-blow -blow happen uh, report of what he'd done to Cindy and was unable to convince them why he had done it. He was unable to provide a defense for himself, pretty much just admitting his guilt and said he did not want to see the light of day ever again. So this is how we get the end of the family here. Melissa Clark will probably continue on with her neighbors. But for Dell, this young man hopes he never sees the end of the prison cell. He wants to get free of the alcohol. He wants to get free of the jackbooted woman. And sad to say he will never see Cindy again. What we have for Cindy is, <laughs> this is the end of her physical life. Her body is being taken to a county examiner, a forensic pathologist in town. And they will figure out the cause of death and the <coughs> crimes committed. As for the soul of Cindy... She is with Karen right now. That's the other involvement in this. Karen heard of what was going on, got inside the house, saw the jackbooted woman, and was angry. She wasn't able to confront the jackbooted woman at the time, but was able to note this creature is not human. Apparently this happens to Karen a couple times. And seeing Cindy bewildered and shocked by the crime, Karen took her over to Jacob's house and sat her down to explain that she will continue on as a ghost and she will have a presence on the dusty road for some time. But right now is a very delicate time for Cindy. She will not be able to deal with it very much this week. So we're going to let Cindy hide out and rest. As for Melissa, Karen will tell her that Cindy is around and she can come visit her mother when she is ready. I think that'll be a big comfort to the young teen. Okay, as for Melissa, she had had a conversation with Dawn earlier this week and asked how did Dawn come to be living on the dusty road. And Dawn explained about her mother's 
one night stand and the fact that she was never married. Apparently, there's a story of sex and money here where the family just did not have enough money to stay in a big city. They had to flee to cheaper housing, much as other people do. Melissa tried to explain how she had troubles running away from her dad, Dell, and was trying to stay at her mom's. And Dawn gave a very embittered laugh and thought if that was really problems. And Melissa could see there was a little bit of round belly on Dawn, but she was just starting to form her suspicions when the two exchanged another reveal and we saw Melissa's frightened pale face. Uh, Melissa explained about the waffle iron and the ghost and how she had burned down her mother's apartment. She explained about the alcoholism and how Dell was descending into anarchy. And that's when Dawn explained she was only 15, just a year or less older than Melissa. But the big problem was Dawn had had an affair with an older student, maybe 18 or 19 years old, and felt she was being forced into the situation. Dawn very much wanted to be free of this, but was unable. Instead, she felt compelled to stick to the love life and try to please her now ex-boyfriend. So at this point, Dawn has succumbed to sex with the older boy. She discovered a little bit after that she was pregnant, and now the round belly she revealed to Melissa turns out Dawn is about five months along and too late to get an abortion. So pretty soon there will be a new set of little boots on the dusty road, and it looks like Dawn and Melissa will be the ones to take care of the situation. Maybe there's no choice in the matter. Sin, uh, not Cindy, uh, Dawn's mother will be around to help them. I think she's going off the road to get a job, knowing she can provide for the family, but there's really no escape for them. Some people just need a lot of help on the dusty road. Anyway, Dawn herself is the result of a one-night stand, and though this relationship went on, a longer time for Dawn, several months in fact, she really ended up with just one or two nights with the boy before she became pregnant. So that's her effort and I imagine Karen's going to be involved in this in quite a bit. She's already come by to talk to Dawn and discuss the fact that she's a ghost, how she died on the dusty road. Dawn explained how this happened to her of how she just gave in and did what the boy wanted, but you can't just do these things without consequences. And Karen announced a confession of her own of how she was a party girl, often involved with sex, and this could have happened to Karen too. Just like grinders and stuff had in the 80s. Hi Dave, are you gonna come up here? Get Dave's feet. <laughs> Come on. That's it. 
get up here, Dave. And Karen had to deal with drugs in her short life. And explain to Dawn that's how she died on the dusty road. So we have to keep these things in mind. And maybe there's some older experience here. Certainly we don't need Dawn trapped for 30 years on the dusty road. She's not dead, not going to be. It's a sad thing to have to get rid of Cindy, but as I said, there will be a new ghost. And Melissa has had quite a shock understanding Dawn's position and how she came to live on the dusty road and the disasters and fights that she had in the big city. And how for Dawn, it's been a pretty much lonely and embittered experience having just her mom around. And while Melissa talked about her alcoholic dad, Dawn revealed that she never had a father. It was just that one night stand and she never met her dad. So apparently it's up to you to decide which one is worse in this episode. And as they were discussing that, the lights flickered on and off and people began seeing blue bolts of lightning come down from the sky and strike the dirt. We do know that they are just about done pouring and grading gravel on the dusty road. There have been National Guard troops in green uniforms taking care of that. We did have another unfortunate event on the same week where three National Guard tried to go inside the no-go house and at the same time we did notice a very deep loud voice telling them do not enter and you will be condemned for your actions this is not your land and you are not wanted on the dusty road The soldiers attempted to reason with the ghost and finding out it was a poltergeist, things being thrown at them, they drew their pistols and tried to fire at the ghost. But unfortunately this did no good as you would expect. The soldiers began to pray and very powerful lightning bolts were seen to fly throughout the house and Booms and broken glass came from inside the house. Apparently what happened was the three soldiers were electrocuted rather swiftly and left for their comrades to find on the lawn out front that the snap boom ghost, the mistress, had simply picked them up and thrown them out on the lawn. And then the road grader they were using on the gravel was struck by electrical problems. The machine simply failed to function from that point on. And one soldier who touched the road grader reported he received a rather nasty shock to his hands. So at that point, the rainbows in the sky began to light up more brightly. This is something I hope we don't see on the dusty road again. There's gonna be talk in town and the scientists will get involved they will find a way to at least confront this creature 
we now have two entities on the road and we have seen the end of the zombies so we have to find out what will become of the woman in the jackboots who is able to play with men at her whim and put veils of lies over their eyes it will never be recorded in the police report but Dell knows for a fact that the jackbooted woman caused the death of Cindy they have no choice in that now so and we have the snap boom ghost the mistress who has been able to cause many murders and deaths already on the road and is probably leading people to discuss the demolishment of her house it should be noted that maybe someday it would be safe to approach the dusty road and come on here the lake has been stable lately Chisholm Lake Road has not moved and we have seen the arrowhead stone several times now it seems to be sitting put that's all we have for now so I've got to tell you that you never know what you're going to find next on the dusty road hello and welcome to another commercial for the dusty road the blue star market today is having a special on knives if you need a nice stainless steel knife set with a granite honed edge you can pick them up here and continue slicing credit cards tomatoes and steaks at your leisure we have these nice ginsu knives from japan and we have champagne steel from germany that is also available for purchase don't worry these knives are unable to be stained they're stainless and you can easily clean them with peroxide or bleach we've even had them tested by the police department and been unable to find any trace of blood on them after cooking. So please come down and get your set of knives for $20 today. It's a very cheap price. I'm sure it will go up next year. Anyway, see you soon on the Dusty Road. <laughs>